constantly giving employees a path, how to do better, how to scale, how to grow within themselves. I've been fortunate enough to have enough employees and make enough mistakes in my life to actually figure some of this stuff out. This is The Playbook. I got a dear friend coming on to the podcast, Tony D. Silvestro. He is the founder and CEO of Why Not? That's Y N O T. And why not have Tony on here? He's leading the way in empowering others to empower others like me to make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun. Welcome to the Playbook, Tony. Oh, thanks for having me, Dave. I'm so excited to be here today with you. Um, just love everything you do. I feel like we have a lot of alignment together, just in entrepreneurship for sure. Yeah, no doubt. And one of the things that's pressing on the minds of entrepreneurs right now is the either existing or impending recession. And I have, you know, created a recession group myself to help people to take advantage of the recession, I call it, uh, to understand how we can make a lot of money, help a lot of people and have a lot of fun in the recession or an accelerated change in any economy, good or bad. Um, and you are creating an experience to scale businesses during this accelerated uh, economy that we're experiencing and will probably continue to experience, you know, how can we scale a business when everyone thinks that the businesses are slowing down and there's less opportunity? You know, for me, like, it's interesting being an entrepreneur, I've gone through four recessions. For me, it's like always going back to your core values and the basic processes. As entrepreneurs, you know, we get fat on the hog as we're doing busy, we're doing great. And we stop thinking about the small details. So where I really focus with my staff, I have 400 employees and I go back to the experience that we're creating, right? Are we creating an experience with our guests, but also with our employees and making sure everything's in alignment? But the thing is, when you're paying $5 a gallon for gas, the value proposition has to be top of mind. Are these customers getting perceived value for what they're spending? Sure, they're spending a lot more money, but the last thing you want them to do is think about what they're spending when they're making that purchase. Are they getting the right experience? Are your employees focused on the experience versus just service? Because anybody can serve. Very few people can create an experience. Yeah, it's so true. And one of the things that I you know, love to dwell on is I have a saying that a lot of people don't understand, but it's money doesn't disappear. And when I say that, a lot of people get defensive and attacking and judgmental saying, what do you mean it doesn't disappear? Well, you know, if the stock market goes down, the money doesn't disappear. It goes into someone else's hands right. uh, and at a different price. And the key to understanding money doesn't disappear is there's opportunities to scale business when things get overbought or oversold sure. and understanding how to scale utilizing the experience of others uh, is another aspect. How have you been able to learn or to improve upon the dummy tax of four recessions that you've been through and I've been through in order to help people identify where the money is going, not the money disappearing? Right. So it's like going down to that, like reputation management is understanding like when you so a lot of people like have social media now, they're not even focused on the complaints they're getting. Are you creating a system or a process or procedure based off of the comments that they're making? They're the best customers you have. The ones that are complaining are the best customers you have. You know, you're, we're fighting every day for somebody's dollar to come out of their pocket. We're fighting for that. Every business is vying for that same dollar. So there's a limited amount of dollars that we're vying for. You have to be able to be differentiate and disrupt the marketplace to actually get that dollar out of their pocket. But I really focus and I'm all about systemizing your system. So every time I get a complaint, it's an opportunity for me. 
you know, really defining, hey, that customer wasn't happy with this. Well, let's redefine it. I had an employee that started with me a week ago. I'm changing a, a massive part of my brand because of one employee that was complaining. But as entrepreneurs, we have to be open-minded to that. Just because we did it this way 20 years ago doesn't mean anything. You have to be willing to adapt. And that adaptation applies to multiple businesses. And you've been able to manage multiple seven-figure businesses simultaneous while other people can't even effectuate one. That's an aspect of scaling a business as well, is being able to multiply the number of businesses beyond the growth and acceleration of each business. What are some of the trade secrets for managing simultaneous multi-million dollar businesses? You know, for me, I'm running 18 companies and it's all about delegation for me. So it's really like you know, empowering people. I tell people it's micro failures versus macro failures. So many entrepreneurs and high level managers don't allow their employees to fail, but they have to have micro failures, not these massive failures that hurt your business. But unless you start letting people have micro failures, you're never going to be able to scale and develop people. So where I've done over the years, you know, I was that micromanager 25 years ago. I was terrible. I got tired of hollering at people. I really didn't. I said, hey, we need to empower our employees. So I developed a training system. It's called Employee Launch, and it's all about upper mobility training for employees. So I'm constantly giving employees a path, how to do better, how to scale, how to grow within themselves. And, you know, I've just done, I've been fortunate enough to have enough employees and make enough mistakes in my life to actually figure some of this stuff out. But it's been great. And I always say the art of delegation, when you learn how to master delegation, then you can really start to scale. Yeah, and you and I have both gone through a great transformation, great paradigm shifts in our business careers as well as our personal lives, uh, but yet still uh, understanding and prioritizing our health, our families, both of us really valuing the better halves uh, that we have by outkicking our coverage. And our, we're, we're not shy about telling everyone how lucky we are with the yeah. wives that we have. Um, but there is a transformative open-mindedness to create a new perspective, a new paradigm, a new meaning uh, to the management of these businesses. To be able to scale a business, you have to transform. Um, and transform as a great leader, as you suggest, an intelligent follower, and as an entrepreneur. And you not only help people to, expect, uh, to create this experience, but you're doing uh, an event. And it'll be next year in 2023. I know that I've already committed to do the event uh, even more so, Magic Johnson has committed to doing the event. We got some great thought leaders about carrying the spirit of excellence on how to be a compassionate capitalist, how to lead by being an intelligent follower. What are some of the new transformative perspectives that you have and you want to share at the businessscalingexperience.com event where people can sign up for next year? Yeah, so it's funny you said that today. I was on the phone with a sponsor and like he's like, oh, what's your sponsor? I said, I'm not looking for a sponsor. I'm looking for partners. I want people to come to this convention and have, have an experience with it that they can take back to their businesses. I don't want anybody to come and pay me to be part of this unless they're giving something to the audience so they can actually fundamentally take it back and change their brand. You know, entrepreneurship, the failure rate is ridiculously high, but it's the basic fundamentals that really hurt businesses. Businesses. And unfortunately, they don't have a coach or a mentor to help them with that. And if they get the amount of mentoring that we do, they have to go see 20 different people. I'm going to put 20 different people at this conference where you can come into one conference and be educated. 
It's not something where people are just going to get on stage and talk for 45 minutes. You leave and say, oh my God, that was amazing. If you're not going back to your business and changing something after this conference, then, then you don't need to come because that's what we're about to do. Yeah. And it's that intimate experience. I know when uh, I signed on for the event, one of the criteria that attracted me not only to you, uh, but to the event itself was that you wanted people to have a transformative, intimate experience. So it's much more than standing on the stage with the masterminds and the dinners and the extracurricular activities that are going to be involved where I can sit down and not just tell people some of the advice and ideas and daily practices that are necessary for statistical success, but understand what they're listening for and apply what is experienced in their life to give them a quantitative value. And when you get to have that intimate experience with the Magic Johnson, myself, or you, Tony, we can create accelerated change uh, in a very quick amount of time. And one of those areas that we really focus in on is culture. Right. Uh, people are amazed how much time I spent Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays with my team on corporate values and actionable daily practices that are relevant and synergistic to the culture. How can people learn about company culture at the business scaling experience that will change not only the efficiencies, but actually change the aggregate effect and behaviors of all your employees, especially looking at engagement, which is critical to productivity. You know, for me, it, like when I teach and I coach, uh, everything I do, we're all in the 98.6 degree business. That's the business we're all in. So from this conference, I want everybody to go away and realize we're not in the food business. We're not in the car salesman business. We're not in the manufacturing. We are in the people business. And I will say that a thousand times at this conference, that exact thing. But it's funny, you know, I know Gary Vee and I, I know Gary Vee and you know, Gary, you're friends with Gary Vee on this morning. I'm watching his YouTube this morning. And he goes, I don't care about me. I care about the people that work for me. And he goes, I am the last person on the totem pole in my company. And it's so crazy. I have so much alignment with you and Gary that like, that's how we function. But I think that's why we're successful because for us, it's always been about the people. It's 98.6 degrees for me every day. And at this conference, I'm going to drill that in. And every person that comes like, oh, when I speak to Magic Johnson next week, I have to go over what we're talking about. And I love the fact that he's a great basketball star, but I want to know the experience he created on the basketball court. How did he take that into entrepreneurship? And still, he's still creating an experience in business the same way he did on the basketball court. Yeah. And I think one of the ideas of brand today beyond culture and corporation uh, is the idea of who our customers are. There are community that we build. And, you know, I was with Gary last week in New York, and we were talking about uh, the rarity that people are just focused in on building community. And part of the community is your customers. Um, and you have to have a perception shift. And I told Gary, as we do some co-mentoring together, I said, a lot of people understand productivity, but they have productivity for possession. And the greatest leaders like you, Gary, and you, Tony, you're all about productivity, but not about possessions. And, you know, it's a very rare thing, especially on social media and brand building personally and professionally to see people that are pitching productivity without pitching, uh, without pitching possessions. There's a lot of peas there, my right. brother. <laughs> but anyway, I should say pizza for my uh, Italian <laughs> friends. Uh, but more importantly, you know, with this paradigm shift, perception shift, how does it impact our customers 
when we truly are about productivity, not just for us, our employees, our partners, but especially our customers who receive the true value of productivity, not possession. You know, it's for me, it's like all about like people for me, people say to me, oh my gosh, like it's about money. I said, it's not about money. I said, money's a tool. I told my staff and two hours ago, I said, I said, money's like the car. It's who you put in the car with you that makes the difference. It's the vehicle. And for, for the customer, it's perceived value. Like who is your customer avatar? Knowing exactly who your customer is, understanding how are you marketing to them and the other piece that that was the employee avatar piece people miss all the time, your employee avatar and your customer avatar have to match, they have to be there. So you're creating the res expected result that the customer's expecting and your employees are satisfied by giving that result. And if it's not about the transaction or the dollar, it's about the experience that they're receiving. And if you focus on the experience, you will win every day. And to that end, uh, this idea of why not? And, you know, I finally figured out where that came from, uh, but I, I would love for you to share not only, you know, where, why not comes from, but what it really means in the philosophy behind why not, Y-N-O-T. Yeah, you know, in first grade, I spelled my name backwards and I just went, I switched from one side of the paper and I just put the T on the edge of paper and went backwards. And the teacher was like, what the heck is why not? And they called it the rest of my life. And it's crazy. My daughter just opened a business called Arazza. It's Victoria backwards. And she's like, dad, what do you think of my name? I'm like, it's beautiful. She's like, what the hell's wrong with you, dad? It's my name backwards. Like I'm supposed to know this, like a family trait now. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've owned so many companies, like why not bakery? Why not Italian? Why not build? They're all my companies. And it just makes sense. But it's always for me is what is the why? What is the why and why not? What is that why? So when I'm, I'm articulating and I'm teaching, I'm teaching the why and why not. So it kind of transformed into what is your why? And like, you know, Simon Sinek says, what is your one why? Heck, there's not one why in business. There's a thousand whys in business. So if you ask any of my employees, what is your why? I ask them to tell the why, because instead of being a dictator, they teach the why in everything we do. And I'll tell you, in today's with millennials, people, I love when people say, I hate millennials. I'm like, I love millennials. Millennials are amazing. I said, because you tell one millennial why and they all got trophies. So what do they do? They go tell every other millennial that I don't have to, I don't have to teach them all. And you know, when I was a kid and you were a kid, Dave, like somebody told us something in work, we weren't telling anybody. We yeah. wanted that advantage. But today, today, that's where I love the, the whole philosophy and training people and working with human beings today is so different from when we grew up. Absolutely. Much more abundant in its nature of sharing information to make the whole, the collective consciousness better. Um, and that why not attitude is not only about applying our why, but it also is about an infinite perspective of of abundance. It's a infinite. So, you know, when people say, you know, you can't do that, you say, why not? Why not? And, you know, and I see that in the way that you've built your 18 businesses and the way that you treat your employees, your friends, your partners from the inception. The minute I met you, I always say my frequency is my neighborhood. And I sat down next to you at a table and I said, I'm in the right neighborhood. This is a neighbor of mine. We share a frequency. And then you told me what your mission statement was. I told you mine was you know, to help people make a lot of money, help a lot of people and have a lot of fun. And you said that you have a duty incorporated into your mission uh, to strive every day towards. And you know that mission state are the non-negotiables in my life. I was hoping you could share how you came up with your mission statement, obviously what it is, 
and how important not only is that mission statement to you, but to everyone in your neighborhood. Yeah, so my neighborhood is entrepreneurship. My mission is to help every entrepreneur. For me, I have a burning passion in me seeing entrepreneurs fail. They don't understand like Mary's restaurant that just closed down the street. People drive by and say, oh my God, Mary's closed. I'm like, Mary's didn't close. I said, she saved 10 years to open that business. Now she's got another 10 years to get her life back in order if she can. So my goal is to take these business fundamentals, the experience I have in my life. And I don't know with all the wisdom we have in our life, if we're not sharing it with other people to help them grow and to help them succeed. I don't know what life's about. So my mission and my whole passion in life is to help others grow and succeed and not fail. You know, when I first met you, I sat with you and you know, one of the things that caught my eye is like you said, I came to the conference a day early. I'm like, why'd you do that, Dave? And you're like, I want to know the people in my conference. I want to know who I'm talking to. I want to know my neighborhood. And it was really impactful for me. And it's funny, the last conference I went to, I went there like almost like eight hours early. I went around the audience. I'm talking to everybody. And you taught me so much with that. But I mean, you're an amazing person. And I love how you're just focused on the vibrations and the core of people. And it's really an amazing talent and amazing passion you have. Yeah, and that neighborhood is being recreated for both of us and Magic Johnson, by the way. And people can join us at the Business Scaling Experience. Just go to businessscalingexperience.com. Join us. If you want coincidences in your life, then pay attention and give attention to the right people and the right ideas, this neighborhood, this frequency. And, uh, you know, I started changing my frequency in my neighborhood by going to charitable galas with people that sit in a situation that I wanted to be in. I wasn't speaking back then. I was recuperating and reviving myself from losing over $100 million. But since then, I've been on a journey to improve my mindset, my heart set, and of course, my handset, practical measures in which in order to incorporate making money, helping people and having fun. Uh, within the uh, frequency or neighborhood of our event that we're having next year, what are some of the takeaways that we're going to have with your philosophy of mindset, heart set, and handset? You know, mindset is deep. Like I spent all morning this morning talking to my staff about mindset. So mindset, you have to understand when you own a business, mindset is so many different factors of what you do every day. So what I want to bring to this conference is enough people in enough different industries, enough different people that affects your business every day. How can you understand the mindset of every aspect that makes you great as a whole? How does it make your employees understand what you're trying to accomplish every day? So mindset, when I, when I talk mindset, I talk about every single small aspect of your business is critically important. But you as the founder have to understand and appreciate and respect the mindset of your employees and your customers and make sure there's an alignment all the way through. So we're going to put a lot, a group of people together that can touch on every aspect of everybody's business to really create that consistent mindset throughout your entire company. Yeah. And we're going to put that on of how to scale a business with experience uh, during an accelerated changing economy, other people may define it as a recession, but creating an experience to scale your business during this downturn or recession, there's no bigger, better neighborhood to be in. Remember, the neighborhood that you live in is where better opportunities, options, and touches of favor exist. I remember living in the projects in Akron, Ohio, thinking about with all the big ideas and energy that I had, if I'm talking to the guy in a lawn chair drinking a 45 what options, opportunities, and touches of favor could that person give me comparatively to hanging out at the Business Scaling Experience Conference? What options, opportunities, and touches of favor with the same energy and same ideas that I have? 
Tony DiSilvestro. He is the founder and CEO of Why Not? Live your life with the attitude and perception of why not. Come join me, Tony, and the incredible Magic Johnson to understand how to create the proper experience for passion, purpose, and profitability. Please don't miss us. We'll be there next year in Virginia Beach. Just go to businessscalingexperience.com.